guys. No, I don't like hate guns. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Welcome to the Let's Overthink This podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Daniel. And this is episode one. Here we are. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Here we are. And uh, yeah, uh, we just filmed uh, a test run of this accidentally. Yeah, we uh, we are filming ourselves and no one is watching the camera. So we hit record. Actually, I hit record and we thought we were rolling. Guess what? And we weren't. Spoiler alert, we weren't. So we just talked for a really long time to a camera that was not capturing any of it. So. Crow. <laughs> but you know what? That was a test run and we needed it. So now we're getting into an actual format for what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, but let's start with our introduction because it matters. If we're going to talk about creativity you should probably know that dale and i are both full-time creatives uh my name is emily and i am a graphic designer and a photographer i also do a lot of other things but those are my main two that i focus on i am a filmmaker i'm a cinematographer and i am also a photographer um and i edit i um do all different aspects of making films and videos Yep. Mm -hmm. You do a good job at it. Thank you. <laughs> We're married. Mm -hmm. And this is our house. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're a couple who creates and are working in the industry full time. Um, so we wanted to make this podcast to talk about what it's like to be married and also be creative. Yeah. And how that looks like to live a creative life. And um, so, yeah. So how we how do we meet? Uh, we met in college. Um, we met our <clears throat> we met your we were both seniors, I believe, and um, we met like the last year of school. I had been there for at the school we were at for three years, and you came for your senior year. You'd been in another school, and you came for your senior year, and we. We would have just barely missed each other if we hadn't met that year. Yeah. So Daniel was doing an internship at the time and he was doing filmmaking at a church in uh, Anderson, South Carolina. And we went to school uh, in, it was near Clemson. Um, so I'll just say that because none of you will know the actual town that we went to school in. Um, it was a very small college and Daniel was doing an internship. So he was only there part of the time. But my first day that I transferred in, our admissions counselor was like, there's a guy on campus. He would be perfect for you. And I was very skeptical and not really interested in looking for anyone. Um, but then I saw Dana filming one of our services. We, had, we went to a Christian college, so we had a chapel service. And I saw him filming on the stage. I was like, oh, he's cute. I could not resist. I was like, look at that guy with the camera. He is in the red vans. <laughs> and I really wanted to meet you. Mm -hmm. And it took uh, almost a year later before we actually met and started dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and we dated for 10 months and then we got engaged and we got married seven months later yeah and the funny thing is our first date we actually it wasn't even a date yet but like we went we went on a photo shoot yeah we did a photo shoot and uh actually the first two times that we hung out we did yeah, a photo shoot we, we would do photo shoots a lot that was kind of like our one because we had cameras and that's free if you have the camera, doing a photo shoot's free. Yeah. So we literally just like drove out to a field at magic hour and took photos of each other. Mm-hmm. And that was like a soft launch into our relationship starting. What's a soft launch? <laughs> That's when people tease out. Like they're not like Facebook official. Like I'm giving away my millennial age here. But like you don't go Facebook official and hard launch. You soft launch it by like, oh, they're like, they're like hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's what we were doing, and we didn't even know it. We did. We were trendy before we knew it. Yeah. Um. So not trendy. <laughs> we got married a year later, and you got hired on staff full time as a creative filmmaker, um, as full time filmmaker. What was that like? And being newlyweds, and you getting on staff as a creative, like, what did our life look like at the time? Yeah, that was. Um, that was, that was my dream job. So I, I basically got hired to do my dream job of getting to shoot, edit, and create really cool stuff. I mean, you know, stuff that I thought was cool for a church that I really, um, loved and was really, uh, excited to be part of. I never really thought that I would work at a church and I just kind of fell into it because the opportunity to do something that was really cool and creative um, opened, it, the door was opened. So I was able to do that internship and, and I did that for eight months and then I got hired and um, learned a lot in that time about how to light a human face how to edit videos how to compose sorry about that how to compose a shot Rookie. <laughs> um yeah rule number one when you're making a video is like turn off your phone and everything and my yeah. phone's off but not my watch so now you feel 80 years old yeah seriously. embarrassing without being embarrassed and um so yeah i was working um on the film team there with like uh, four or five other guys and it was great we were just we were making videos for the series we were making story videos we were doing all kinds of stuff and what were you doing at that time oh so I went to school to be a writer and I was an English major and I had a secondary focus as a minor in writing and uh, specifically creative writing and um when I transferred I was dating a guy that I met over the summer and it didn't work out, but I ended up transferring schools and ended up at Southern Wesleyan University, which is this tiny Christian college in near Clemson. And so I kind of just ended up there and I could keep half my major. So I was still an English major um, and they had writing classes at SWU, but it wasn't at the same level as my previous college. And so I graduated wanting to be a writer, but obviously- Sorry, our cat is like freaking out on the floor, right? 
Yeah, I can't, you can't see him, but he is flipping and he's really cute. He's biting his tail. So if you see us looking at the ground, we're not insane. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I did not get a job writing right out of college. I We grad graduated, immediately got engaged, then got married 10 months later. And uh, I started working at the Marriott, which is a hotel chain. And I worked at a a Marriott hotel in Clemson, South Carolina as a front desk associate. Um, and then I became a sales coordinator slash front desk associate. And um, that is what I was doing while Daniel was a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. You were working just, you know, crazy hours, like either really early in the morning or late at night. And what was that like being a being a what was that like being a person that being a creative person and working that kind of job because i've never i've never worked a job like that before yeah i have worked a lot of customer service jobs and that one was the worst experience i've ever had in customer service because um it was in a football town and it was the year that the few years that clemson was doing really well um with the national championship and so all of the alumni big crowds were coming in to Clemson and there were only so many hotels so we were getting really crazy football fans and the rates would go through the roof because it's supply and demand like if there are a million people coming into a small town all at once and there's nowhere to stay hotels can rack the rates up so our hotel that usually would cost way less was raising rates to an extremely high price during football season and so understandably people would get irate and they were drinking and so it would result in me getting spit on cussed out almost every day and um I had to wear a uniform which for me that was very stripping of identity uh it was this I called them my potato shoes and this hideous pantsuit that was black with a like crew neck t-shirt that went all the way up here and it was just so unflattering and um I have some like crazy stories so I don't know how much we want to go into this in this episode but I as a front desk just doing an episode of Emily's Emily's hotel hotel experiences um I'll just give like a brief overview uh everyone's favorite fact about my hotel days was that we only had one plunger in the entire Marriott hotel um and gross yeah I don't know if that was my manager that like they didn't know like corporate didn't know that he was doing this but he didn't trust that people would not steal the plungers um in the rooms so we had to bring if somebody clocked why would someone steal a plunger (laughs) I don't know I really (laughs) but it was my responsibility if a toilet would get plunged or get clogged that I would have to put a little sign on the desk that say said pardon the inconvenience and I would have to go up all of the flights of stairs to whatever floor the clogged toilet was on and I would have to embarrassingly knock on the door and usually the person would like as quickly as possible slither their Grinch hand through and like try to you know do it on their own um but once 
I went up to this room and there was this el- like older man, probably in his 70s, in a wife beater, and he wanted me to plunge it for him. And Daniel hates this story, but I had to go in and plunge the toilet. So gross. As like a 27-year-old girl out of college, like I think I was making $9 an hour and I was being told I was being paid more than anyone else at the hotel. And I just remember having this moment while he literally stood in the bathroom doorway watching me as I plunged his clogged toilet uh, that there had to be more to life than this. <laughs> um. So from everything from that to getting tipped uh, for delivering towels an ice, a melted ice cream sandwich, um, <laughs> to having people. Wait, someone tipped you. They literally opened the door. They said, thank you, took the towels and gave me back a melted ice cream sandwich and then shut the door. That doesn't feel like a, a real story. And it was like 11 p.m. So at that point. It's I like through ice cream sandwiches and he had them out on the table. It like, I might as well give this girl. It one. wasn't cold. So it's like, you know, it was. <laughs> just came from in the closet. We had a lady almost light her hair on fire. Uh, she was drinking a margarita or two or three and fell asleep by our fire pit, which is on a timer. It's not like a actual fire. It's like gas logs. It's like on a timer. And she fell asleep and her hair fell towards the fire. And our bartender, who was like six foot seven, had to go out and like his lanky self had to like scoop this woman up and like pull her back and put her on a pool chair because her hair was about to catch on fire. Um, Yeah, so there were just so many stories from that time and I just remember like waking up and crying in the mornings because I had to go to that job knowing that I would probably get cussed out or um screamed at or spit on and that I would also have to be doing some pretty demeaning stuff to help humans human because hotels feel like homes to people and they just forget how to like log into their own email when they go out of town um or like how lights work like just try the switch or like unplug it and plug it back in that is a a a rule for life and for your electronics um but I just remember watching you thriving and growing in your creativity and feeling like and you always you always stopped creating yeah you but you've always been you've been a creative person longer than I have like I didn't unlock that until later in life. And then you were working this job that was so bad and having to like just endure while having all these things in your head that you wanted to do with your life. Yeah. I definitely would bring journals with me to capture conversations of people that, because while I was there, I had to learn how to be a bartender and I, was awful at it and so I would either I didn't know that white wine was supposed to be chilled or that you had to pour a beer a certain way and I was ridiculed by some people that were corporate travelers about not knowing how to do their mixed drinks and uh 
burning their flatbread. Um, but I, I remember having moments of solace where I could meet and talk with the girl who worked in the bar during the day named Summer, and she was trying to start her own jewelry-making business, and she was taking classes to learn how to do pottery and ceramics. And I just remembered just having another lifeline to another creative person was, like, enough to get me by in that job. But I do... Every time I would get a day off, it was like, how can I consume and create as much as possible? We would do lots of photo shoot. Like, we were... Or we would do, like, a studio day where, like, you had access to a studio, a film studio, and we would just go and try out different looks and lighting techniques. And, like, as he was learning, I was learning. And, um, yeah, we would go to bookstores and find, like, poetry books or things that inspired us. There was a store called Second and Charles. Um, Her cat is on the table that the camera is on. Hey, get off there. Great. It's causing mischief. Yeah, so, yeah, I just think that during that season, it was hard for us both to feel always aligned creatively, Mm -hmm. but you did a really good job of encouraging me that just because I wasn't getting paid to be a creative didn't mean that I wasn't allowed to live a creative life and that I... I am an artist, even though my title is not an artist. Like, and I think a lot of people get into that headspace where it's like, if I'm not professionally an artist, then I am not an artist. And that was like a challenge for me coming right out of college is that I felt like I had to validate myself as a creative. And really the truth is like, the only thing that validates you as a creative is it whether or not you're creating. Ooh. Like, I and I had I still have to get to that place. And honestly, there are plenty of people who have the title creative that aren't actually creative because they're not creating. They are collecting a paycheck and they're outsourcing their creativity. And you get to choose which camp you fall into, but I will say the full life, the one that brings us artists the most joy and the most alive is the one where you choose to create in all things and not try to just get a title yeah i think um that made me think of there's almost this thing that happens when you go into because we're both professional professional we get paid to do creative things to come up with ideas we work in creative arts to, to make to make things um which is like never want to forget that that's like a dream job that it's rare yeah to to people will pay you to come up with ideas in your head and then make them a reality that is a that is a dream job but there is something that happens when you're doing something creative um almost like as a hobby or just something that brings you joy and it's you're not getting paid for it. There's not, there's not this, like, there's no angst about, or there's no pressure, right? Cause there's no, um, there's no clients or there's no, no person that's giving you guidelines. It's just whatever you want, like whatever's in your head, you know, whatever you want to make. Yeah. And that's really fun. There's two sides to but it. But then you're broke. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's like, you can be the free artist and, 
basically you work for yourself and you get to purely create the things that are in your head and only the things that are purely in your head. They're like un they're unfiltered. They are just your ideas and you get to make them come alive. When you accept that you work as an artist and you're collecting a paycheck from someone who is asking for something. So whether that is like a bride asking for a wedding film or it's a client that's asking for a corporate edit for a commercial or it is, uh, you know, you're doing a brand design for a restaurant, like you are working for somebody else. So suddenly you have to take their idea and filter it through your idea of how their idea is expressed. And sometimes where artists get in trouble is they're like, but I just want to do this one. I don't want to do this one too. But what do you think? Okay, so what do you think about being hired to do something? What do you think about being hired to do a job that someone wants versus being hired because of your taste or because of the creative vision or aesthetic or thing that you bring to the table? I think it's always both. Oh, you do? You think it's always both? Like, Well, I think it should always be both. Okay. And I think that conversation should be had up front. Um, yeah. Where you are basically like, hey, I understand the, the request that you have. Um, when you hire me, like, you also get my style like, and artistry with it. Yeah, I think that comes through educating. But also, that also comes after you are mature as an artist and knowing what your style is. Because at the beginning, you take any and every job and you do make it how they want it because that's part of you building what your style is. Like, you finding out, oh, I didn't like the high-key lighting of these commercials or I, I didn't like the style of editing of this job. Like, that's how you find what you do like and how you apply that to your style moving forward. And eventually, people will hire you specifically for that. But I think it takes time and you have to pay your dues. We live on a fairly busy road and there's a fire department right nearby. I think we're good. Yeah. What So... What do you mean by pay your dues? It's not pay your dues. It's like learning. Because I think that also if you are somebody who's just starting out and you don't know what you don't know, I'm speaking for myself here. So like this could be totally different for someone who is a prodigy who's like, no, I'm like Wes Anderson the second I, you know, am old enough to hold a pencil. Um. For most of us, and for Daniel and I, this is how creativity has gone. We care more about learning the process of creating something and, like, growing with each project. And then from each project, we gather something in our tool belt that will, like, oh, that will help influence my style. And also, it helps you grow that you... style can change. And your style, honestly, like... Might not be that good. It might not be what everybody wants. Like, if you're somebody who's like, no, I only want to shoot in black and white and I want to, like, do indie art films, that's fine. But, like, the request for most clients probably won't be that. And if you are not somebody who knows how to adapt, then you're not going to get as many offers 
Um, but the offers you do get will get you excited because they're in your wheelhouse or you'll be making your own stuff and that's how you build the portfolio of the things that you like. I think it's so important to have your own creative thing that you're doing, your own piece of art that you're working on, that you're making, that you share as this is my expression of what this is the this is how I see the world in this medium because when you do that and you put the work out into the world that you're sharing on YouTube or Instagram or you know wherever and you're sharing that stuff that you made just for you and it's the stuff that you really like then people will start to hire you to do the thing that you like because yeah. they'll see it. Mm -hmm. And and I experienced that with some clients that I was working with when I was doing um, freelance cinematography. And we when we lived up in, in Michigan, um, I had worked with a client who was doing extremely, you know, he was doing really, really high key, um, kind of standard looking commercials, um, you know, high key, meaning like kind of bright, you know, not very... Uh, film-like not very movie-like and I came on a job with him and I was like let's try this let's let's put just one light here let's put some negative fill on this side let's let's make it a little bit more uh, a little bit darker a little bit more moody and I was able to influence the production company I was working for to move a little bit more in the direction of the yeah. uh, the vision that I that I the thing that I like because if you, as an artist, if you are, I think you are doing your client a disservice if you do not bring some aspect of your expertise or your taste to the project. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that's a great way to serve both. Like where you're like, I know what you're asking for, but I also know how I can bring my style into it. You can also push things like 5%. Yeah. 10 you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have, have to be the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that working with clients versus working, um, on your own thing is, um, you just have to balance those because when you're working on a lot, when you have a season of being really busy, you're doing a lot of client work. Sometimes you just don't have the bandwidth mentally to want to create for yourself because like, i've been editing or shooting for three weeks straight i just want to play video games <laughs> i don't want to do the same thing i've been doing in my free time like that's a good discussion how do you keep your creative flame going like if you are somebody who's working full-time in creative and as a creative how do you also make sure that you're still getting fulfilled as an artist like that you you're not just like making your art self pay for pay your bills but like you're also fueling yeah your artistry I, I think that it's just um ebbs and flows so i think you're just going to have those times where you are really busy and maybe you're like getting a lot of clients and you're making decent money and it's going pretty well and you can use that um, those resources to fund like your own creative things. But if you just don't have the bandwidth, I think for me, it's just like doing things like in 
it's having hobbies that are also like inspiring me. So whether it's sitting down and watching a movie, you're taking a break, but you're sitting down and watching a movie that inspires you. And, um, or, or going to an art museum or going, um, to a national park or going places that inspire you. And then when you come back, you are ready to create again into you're like freshly, um, you're freshly inspired, I guess. Yeah. I, I also think that for me, learning something new is helpful. That usually like puts me back at the place of starting. Like I am new at my job again. So Sometimes it, for me, it helps to just learn a new skill in like the Adobe suite, like um, try animation, try like try a new way of doing something. Like if you yeah. want, if you're sick of shooting talking heads in a living room by an open window, like do something with stop motion or which Dana loves when I talk about stop motion, but do something with stop motion, do something with uh, typography. I, I hate stop motion i always pitch stop motion <laughs> i i think it's so fun it's so time consuming for <laughs> such a small result you'll you'll be shooting for five hours and you're like great i got five seconds of footage yeah i always pitch stop motion diddle did an ad for our for the church that we were at when we were first married and it was supposed to be in like the target style and it, you said it was a nightmare. Uh, stop motion. I did not enjoy that one. That was not fun. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, it it was it turned out it turned out being like a pretty fun video, but it's just not. I mean, you know me. That was not my not your style. What I'm drawn to. Yeah. But it was. But I learned something new. So it was. It was a great experience. Yeah. How would you say that you and I handle? When one of us is creatively inspired and the other one is not so creatively inspired. I think you have to give, I think it's easy to be like, ah, I feel so creative. Like, why don't you feel the same? Or, you know, I'm not really feeling as creatively inspired today. I want to, cause I know, like, I know for you, like you really love to go do like, go try a new thing, go, you know, test a new idea that you've been doing or that you've been thinking about. And sometimes it's on, on a weekend where we've been like doing a ton of stuff for our job. And I'm like, I literally just want to go like, do nothing, go do nothing, like go to the park with our daughter, go to the gym and work out and then come back and play Baldur's Gate 3. Or, like, you, there's just, like, there's times where I think those times when one person's inspired and the other isn't, I think you just have to have understanding for, hey, maybe this person just needs a break or they just need to rest and then they can get back into it the next day or something like that, you know? Yeah, I think it's the reality that, and this goes for all people, but, like, we all have different um, gauges on energy and how we rest so like if you're an introvert or you're an extrovert or if you grew up in a home where your family just rested on days off versus a home where your family did chores at home on days off because they couldn't get it done 
during the rest of the week. And so rest doesn't look like rest. It looks like homework, like actual chores at home. And I think getting married and then being creative, that all that like transfers into the soup of our relationship growth. Um, relationship soup. What does relationship soup taste like? Yum. Uh, is that, yeah, probably alphabet soup, honestly. Chicken noodle. Yeah. A soup. Tomato. <laughs> A bisque. A bisque. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think for me, I can't... If I've been running, it's really hard for me to slow down unless I get sick. Yes, you are a workaholic. But also, I am too in my own way. I think... I think that... We have standards for ourselves that we put on ourselves. I think I used to be way more of a workaholic, and I think I've eased back on that a little bit. I think that my thing is like... It is hard you know, to you love everything that you do. Yeah, like when I was... I was just working on a pretty big project a couple months back, and I was basically non-existent at home because I was Yeah, so, I, I didn't see you for I was like so, four weeks. Yeah, I was so inv- invested in this film that we were making. And it was that, okay, that's another thing where it's like, how do you balance when you're incredibly inspired by a project and then your spouse or your family is like, hey, you're not around very much right now because you're working really late nights or yeah I also but you're fulfilled because you're happy because you're doing to do the thing that you love yeah I also think one of the perks for us is that both of us understand those seasons because we are creative people and so I understand what that feels like like I know when inspiration hits and you're in something that you are like this isn't there yet but if I just keep working it's going to be genius and it's like yeah. that inventor mentality where you're like crazy and your hair is messy and like you've got goggles on and you're like, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I I just think that both of us have times like I paint a mural at least once a year. Yeah. One massive mural. And I've done it for our student camp for at least two years and three years. And so I've painted three different murals and one each year that I've been at our current job and it has been like cathartic for me because it's just time where I can be with a blank canvas and it's massive and bigger than me and I can just paint and like let my brain go numb and Daniel knows that about me and he knows that that's healing for me and so or if I'm designing and I'm like oh I just broke through with this logo look like this this brand mark is something that I was it was sucking for a long time and then I finally get a direction that I like he sees it and he's like you keep working I'll take Eleonora to the park or like and so I think it's not that we don't all like we every Friday and Saturday is like family time for us usually it's Saturday and Sunday like two of the days of the weekend are usually family focused days where we go hiking and spend undivided time with Eleonora but there are times where inspiration will hit or creativity will hit or a project is going on where both of us are like, I am so invested in this. And that's where the other person can be like, hey, I know what that feels like. I got this. Like, yeah, I, I think it just requires understanding. 
Yeah, and communication. And I think a lot of people, even if you're not both creative, you your marriage probably functions like that where it's like, oh, I can read you and that you're doing something that you love. Like, I can take this right now. And that's honestly just how we serve each other. One another. Yeah. Yeah, in our soup. Marriage soup. Yum. <laughs> Abuse. Okay, what else? Do you have anything else? Uh, What was the topic? <laughs> well, I was saying, like, do you have any other, like, other, you know. Oh, other You have questions? a list of things, yeah. Okay. Um. Actually, let's take a break real quick, and we'll be right back. We're back. We're back. Spoiler alert, we only checked to see if the camera was recording. Yeah. Yeah. We're 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 being we're being uh diligent. Yeah. And also, you know, it wasn't recording the first time. <laughs> Again, experienced ten year veteran here. I love that screwed I, it up. I I literally raved about him in the first take of this and i was like oh you're just such a master and he was like no i'm not a master and then you stood up and the camera was not recording so humbling yeah it was a self-fulfilling prophecy okay so ongoing on our conversation what would you say is the best and the worst part about working and being creative in a marriage um that question was worded weirdly but you know what i meant yeah what's the what's the best and worst thing about being married to another Another creative 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 person i think the i mean the best things are obvious you just have common interests and we're just like we're on the same wavelength as far as our interests and like nerdy stuff that we're into and and like just things that are kind of I don't know if they're like alternative or, or what you call it, but it's like, it's not stuff that, you know, maybe most people are into like, so, you know, we just speak the same language. Yeah. We speak the same language where we have common interests and, um, we, we just have this thing where you'll, you'll, you'll say like, Oh, I want to do this thing like or i have an idea for this and i'm like yeah i'll I'll just know exactly what you mean or i will it's something that unlocks an an idea in my head that i wouldn't have thought of before so that stuff's great where you're like creatively aligned yeah and i think maybe Maybe the worst thing, it, this might be like just working together in the same environment is that you're just working in that environment and thinking about that all, all the, the time. time. And a lot of your conversation is around that. Yeah, I think so. We talked to a firefighter one time and he said, I because we were like, how do you go home after something really Traumatic. traumatic like a house fire or something where people you know didn't make it and he said oh I take all of it off with my uniform when I go home and I just compartmentalize it and that does not touch my home life and I think a lot of people view work that way where it's like 
I do my nine to five or I go to work, I do my job, and then I come home and on my drive home, I literally take off yeah. the day and I don't think about it. Daniel and I, because we're creative and because part of us is influenced, is influencing everything that we're doing in our jobs, it also is hard for us to shut it off. Well, and we work in the same place. Yeah, we, we work just in the talk about yeah, what so, we're dealing with or and it can help us move faster and solve problems faster, but it also is like we'll catch ourselves. You'll get to the weekend, you're like, have I not have we only talked about work yeah. this whole week? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh we're cooking dinner together and I'm talking about a project that's coming up. Like we have to have boundaries on our time and be like extra that's why we like hiking, because usually you're either too out of breath to talk about uh, something. To or do. you're worried about wild animals, or, or it's getting dark, or it's raining. It also just doesn't seem like the place to talk about work when you're in nature. So we usually will opt for weekend family hikes to kind of get out of the grind of like screens and project files and asana and all of that kind of stuff yeah i think that honestly that's I, that's more like that's really the only bad like worst thing that comes to mind and that's just a thing to manage yeah yeah i i can't really think of a downside i think if anything the positives are that we just both push each other creatively yeah, definitely. And it helps both of us become better in what we make and how we make it. And also, like, just getting feedback from your spouse about a project. Ooh, that's a good one. How, like, because <laughs> there's been times when I've done something and you're like, uh, I don't know if that's the right. Like, I'll show you something that I've been working on and you're like, like, I remember I edited a whole wedding video one time, like almost the entire thing, and I showed it to you, and you were like, this is not right. Yeah. And I was so mad because I had worked so, uh, for so long on it. But sometimes it's just not right. Yeah, it wasn't right. What do you think about that when you work really hard on something and it's just not, it's not the right thing? Well, I think at the end of the day, you have to know that your spouse loves you and yeah. they're the person that is your other half. They're mm -hmm. they're fighting for the same thing that you are. Yeah. And it's not like I want to just come in and like crap on your project. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to flex. Like my motives are not anything that would be for me. Like it's not like. Well, you just want to make the thing the best thing it can be. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's not even my project like sometimes it's something that you've worked on with a client or something that you're doing that's outside of anything that I'm touching and you're just asking for my opinion on it and in both regards one you know that I'm saying it clearly out of love and respect for everything that you do and two you can't be insecure and you can't be you have to trust that that person, that your spouse. And two, I also know that like you're better at filmmaking than me. So at like. Yeah, you're better at design than I am. But. And a lot of things. Like like your answer for everything design is like make it black and white. Every, everything designed <laughs> for me is make it black and white 
or and like use black letter type yeah or like really just something Are, that's... yeah like look at his hat right now yeah he's wearing a black letter type yeah black and white and all black and all black black With, and white shoes yeah He's got a uniform. Oh, you have a black and white shirt on, so. Yeah. I mean, our brand is black and white. Yeah. <laughs> he won this one. <laughs> yeah. I got the room black. Yeah. You're influencing me. Yeah, I, I think that there's times where we disagree on how to execute a project or how the edit's going, and one of us will compromise. I yeah, I think you have to. I, Or you're just going to be like... You have to be humble enough to recognize when the thing that you wanted to do is not the best idea. Because there's been a lot of times when you'll say, I think we should do it like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's way better. We need to do it that way. Yeah, or I'll think of something that's way too hard to do in the timeline that Oh, is yeah, and I'm for. like, we have one week to do this. And we have no, we have no budget. And you literally want, like, <laughs> we were at... We were, so Daniel and I have done a lot of creative for churches, which means uh, most of the time there's not a ton of budget, which we're lucky now to be at a place where they do have uh, resources. But I've been at churches before that they have absolutely no creative team, no budget. It's not like not even a, a light or anything like so you have to get scrappy and you have to get extra creative with what you have. And at the time we were doing a sermon series and Daniel and I wanted to do this effect that we saw that was from The Walking Dead where- oh, This is a rotating yeah, light. Yeah, there's a rotating light and it swings around and uh, it lights up a scene. And then in the transition of the light going around, you change the scene. Um, and it's super vibey and cool. And we wanted to do it with scenes from the Bible and specifically some of Jesus's uh, really pivotal interactions with people. So like we wanted to do the woman at the well. So we literally went and bought. I yeah, think, we bought a bunch of stones I and think made it was a like well. $200 worth of like paving stones. And from Home Depot. Our car did not have the suspension to carry those. Yeah, it was like this. It was, like it was literally like something from what? What was that? Like hit my ride. Yeah, it, it looks like, like something yeah, from hit my ride. And we were in Michigan at the time, so yeah. And I just remember we built the well, and like we wanted to do this thing where water turned into wine, and so we poured clear water into a bowl that already had food coloring drops in it so as the water hit the bowl it changed color and like i thought that was really cool and we did the foot washing scene and dana we had to like hide our tattoos and like do the color grade in a way that we didn't look yeah we were shooting it ourselves it was just us it was we would just set the us. camera up and then and i would swing the light while dana was filming the scenes once we yeah. had them set up but we literally set up the scenes in our fellowship hall with pipe and drape from like somewhere under the stage yeah, we've done so much stuff like that and so like we did a video we've all we use a lot of volunteers as actors for stuff which means you just have to do a lot of takes um because volunteers aren't actors usually <laughs> and uh we did like a thing with kids where we were trying to read these stranger things in a series that was all about like the holy ghost and 
it was around Halloween, so it was kind of like... Yeah, it was called Ghost Stories, and it was about the Holy Spirit. And we, like, literally dressed up these kids. They were probably, like, 13 in, like, the Stranger Things kind of look. And we practically shot the brand through layers of... Uh, it was um, transparency sheets, and I printed, like, four of them and layered them. And then we took a flashlight and shined it through the back of these transparencies so that we got the effect. I think we had like haze in the room too. I don't really remember, but we were trying to get the look of like the text practically animating in. And you shot each of the letters so that it literally looked like the opening credits of Stranger Things. And we all we did it all practically, literally in the print room of the church. And then we filmed with those kids, and like we didn't have a haze that could go outside, and we couldn't afford haze in a can, so we had a bucket. Oh, of I sticks. forgot about that. We had a bucket of leaves. <laughs> we like lit the stick. Bucket That's like an old school film technique. On where... fire, and we would wave it back and forth. And then our one of our favorite yeah. shots from that whole video was I do love that. There's shot. four these four kids, and they're shining flashlights through the smoke. Felt very, it, felt very super A, like yes, Steven Spielberg. It looked like, yes, like old Steven Spielberg, OG kind of super eight stuff. And, um, yeah. Like E.T. That, I'm trying to think, like, what we've done, like, the ink in the fish tank for textures. We've done, like, we did, like, a spy kind of video. Yeah, walked around downtown Atlanta. Yeah. Some people. I think we do a pretty good job. I mean, this kind of like two. I feel like we do a pretty good job of making a lot with a little. A little. And that's something that we learned because I'm a pastor's kid. So, like, I know that churches don't have a ton of money to spend on creative usually. And so we, and it's a fun creative task to try to use what you have to make something great and also to bring people in who are not used to being a part of creative things and they get to experience like a video shoot or a film shoot at a church and that usually opens the door for new volunteers as well and they're like because Daniel and I both cut our teeth in creative in the church so we have a high value in that yeah yeah I think probably she's talking to the mic yeah I think um that uh doing things on a shoestring budget really it makes you appreciate when you have a large budget to do something but it also makes you become way more innovative and scrappy and like let's just figure out how to do this and it's fun it's yeah. freaking fun because yeah instead of just buying an asset on like creative market or like motion array if you don't have a budget, you have to figure out how to make the asset that you want. So, it, and that's when they look the best because they're practically done. And Dale and I both are very Christopher. Well, hopefully, they look the hopefully. You, Sometimes they don't, <laughs> but sometimes if you know what you're going after and you can research enough of the technique that was used in the original, you can usually find out how to do things practically and. I don't know. I think yeah. definitely either way, it builds your skill in what you're making. And yeah. Do you have anything that you want to say as we wrap up here? Um, 
What would be your advice to creative people who are giving this podcast a shot? Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that the, I think that one of the most important things as a creative person that is whether you're like doing it professionally or you're doing it as a hobby, I think it's to just keep is just, this sounds so basic, but just keep making things. Yeah. Like just keep doing it, man. When you start out, you're really not good. And it, you can, you can feel like there's such, you feel like there's such a gap between what you have the ability to do and the, the, because a lot of times when you're starting out, you have really great, you have great taste. Like you see stuff, you're, you're seeing things that you love and you're seeing things that are being created at such a high level. And you're like, man, I have no idea how to do that. I have, there's such a large gap between you and that, um, that it's hard to feel like when you're just doing something over and over and over again, when you're lighting a talking head video, you know, over and over and over again, but it's almost like you're working out, like you're getting reps in that are developing those creative muscles so that when you encounter challenges down the road, you'll, you'll have this mental Rolodex of things you can go back to and say, Oh, I know how to do that. I've, I've done that before, or I've, I've experienced this problem before I've solved, solved this problem. So I think the biggest thing is to just keep going, like yeah. just to keep and that's for me. That's for, I think anyone, mm -hmm. it's not just when you're starting out, it's no throughout. And my addendum to that would be that imposter syndrome does not go away. And no yeah, matter, sure. like we work with some of the most talented people that we've ever met and they still deal with imposter syndrome. And then we still do. We still, I deal with it every day and feeling like I don't belong and that whatever I'm making is not enough to qualify itself as art. And I think it's all a myth and there's no arrival point. And so really the journey of living a creative life is just keep making things. It's what Daniel said, like get your reps in, fall in love with the process of creativity, like fall in love with curiosity. If you don't know how to do something, try to solve it. And there's so many resources now. There's like, so many tutorials that are free. So, so much. I learned so much from YouTube. I, I would just, how does, how, how do you. Skillshare. After effect. Yeah. Skillshare. So many places that you can. I started in Skillshare. I learned the Adobe suite by taking Skillshare courses and I taught myself design during, uh, it was in 2019. I started teaching myself design and which wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And I've grown so much in a short period of time because I just kept doing it. And my early designs were not good, but it's just... My early videos were terrible. <laughs> but you have the freedom and the accessibility of all of these assets to... Like, you can go to Freepik. You can go to Vecteezy. You can go to all of these different places. Is that, is that a real thing? Yeah, Vecteezy. Vecteezy. <laughs> You can go to Creative Market. You can get assets and just start building designs. You can buy typefaces. You can download at defont.com or Font Squirrel. Like you can get free type and you can just start making things. You can get a Canva account and 
just our my if you have um if you have some money you can rent a camera for the weekend like yeah. you can go on the internet and rent a camera that you want to try out or go to a thrift store find a film camera just yeah. start shooting like go on ebay use what you have even if it's your cell phone like there are times where daniel will use his cell phone with like a vhs app and like we'll just make a reel using his phone only and seeing what kind of like creative shots he can get in telling a story in a short amount of time the more that you can challenge yourself to like hey i need to use what i have i need to put myself in a some form of a constraint like i have to get it done today or i have to you know have it only be 30 seconds you're gonna grow every time that you do something like that and it's gonna be fun because each time you're like, I set myself a challenge and I met it, and then you grow. And you'll know, oh, if I met that one, I can meet the next one. I concur. So keep making things. Yep. And stay creative. All right, this is episode one. Of Let's Overthink This. Signing off. I wish I hadn't saluted. I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See you next time.